At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. it's cancel culture i think it's capitalism cancel culture is does not equate to uh what's the word i'm looking for consequences cancel culture and consequences are two very different things yes okay you and that's and 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 i think republicans have forgotten what that means you know what 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 is cancel culture versus what are consequences what starts here changes the world well i've got to admit I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. Because the world. that is how it works. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. The problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. conscience. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, just 10 people. What, your rights are, what your rights are, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10. This is the beginning, it is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever, forever. We've got to be that something that Arnold Tornby, the historian, refers to as a creative minority. You're wrong. Then others will show up. Others will show up. What about no children dying? That's kind of nice. Kind of nice. Liberation. It's an internal. It's an internal. Of speaking the truth. Speaking the truth. But their children were saved, and their children's children. children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. Adam, guess what? Yes. We're recording. Ryan. Ryan, guess what? (laughs) What? We are in effect. (laughs) So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? After you change it? Welcome. Welcome. To public access. Something stupid. And I should, you know, and I have to, you know, I can't have a, a platform to speak anymore. That's cancel culture. Or, hey, I did something and somebody else deems it questionable, so I should not be able to have a platform to speak. Yeah, Michael, that's, right? Michael Richards. That's, yeah. yeah, that's, well, that's, uh, you know, in a sense, that's cancel culture. Cancel culture does not allow you to revisit what you've done and make amends through restorative justice. Interesting. Okay. Cancel culture is just about taking somebody off the air and not allowing them to, A, learn from their mistake, B, actually, you know, do something restorative to the community that you've harmed, and move forward to be a better person there are some things that are going to get you canceled being a sex offender is going to get you canceled <laughs> but okay. therein lies the rub it's the rectangle and square argument a rectangle you know a rectangle uh, a square is a rectangle but a rectangle is not a square kevin spacey is a sex offender and yet he's not canceled he's he's revered Roman you know, Roman Polanski <laughs> was a sex offender, and you know he's revered. 
but and and there's the issue is is that when you when you cancel someone is it because of consequences of their actions mm-hmm. like if you do something severely harmful to the community and you refuse to do anything to make it better right those are the consequences of your actions and you are going to get canceled yeah i don't think there's a cancel culture i think it's all consequence or capitalism you know I, honestly i think i think the issue at hand though is is that cancel culture is more based in drama than it is actually in consequence it's just that you know when there's consequence there's also drama so thus why you can have two things at once like for example al franken was al franken consequence or was it cancel culture consequence see another say cancel culture and i think i think what you're talking about is a real issue al franken and then mm-hmm. the crowd behind it that's looking for the next Al Franken. Like there's a there's a real thing, and I don't believe Al Franken. I don't I don't I just don't think he should have done I what happened shouldn't have happened. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. But it was a group of maybe he was the group looking for the next sex offender because there was a real issue. Harvey Weinstein was a real issue, but mm-hmm. the trickle down and variance of that led to a fringe that was a cancel culture of questionable things. So so the the problem with Al Franken was is, is that there was photographic evidence of what he did. What did he do? Uh so what happened was is that after like a uh some USO tour mm-hmm. there was a female service member who was asleep on on the airplane and there's a photo of him acting like he's groping that that female service member right right so to me that's consequence pure and simple you did something that you thought was funny mm-hmm. it actually wasn't funny it was sexual assault yeah and you, can't, you, you can't, get to pay the consequences for that. But that you, you, you can't you, determine you, the consequences of your actions. You can only determine your actions. Something else determines consequences, not you. So, so yeah. cancel culture in this case would have been like, for example, Roy Moore, who has been accused multiple times of, you know, being a creepophile. Right. But there was no evidence of it. And, right, and right. as much as as much as I believe that he probably did it. There was just no evidence of it, but a group of them want him canceled because, you know, they've heard the stories. There were some terrible things done. Mm-hmm. Cancel culture is going after, going after people regardless of whether or not the the accusations are warranted. Gotcha. Okay. So, so in, I think in Roy Moore's case, uh, they're pro- they're absolutely warranted because there's so many people that came forward saying that he was a problem. Okay. But. You know, you, when you when you have cancel culture, though, a lot of the times you have speculation, you have rumor mills, and you don't ever really get any clear understanding as to what's happening. It's a lot of drama. Hmm. Consequence has a defined action and a defined repercussion. Yeah. You do something awful and you get busted, you're going to have to pay the piper, period okay. of the story. So it's all consequence. It's not. It's not at all. Cancel. That's the and that's the biggest problem. Is I haven't seen anything that is actually cancel culture. It has right. been consequence of action. Yeah. Right. Cancel like, culture is like YouTubers who are you know stirring the pot with each other because it gets eyeballs, and in the end they still end up with the same amount of viewers. They're yeah. making more money off of their videos because it's all a drama fest, mm-hmm. and you, you don't actually have a defined uh, harm and a defined repercussion and a defined uh, piece of reconciliation. Yeah, it's just you're trying to get someone off the air. Or just to get more listens and views than that person. I'm thinking of, see, there's this arc that people are forgetting about Mr. Potato Head, and it's generational. I'm, I was born in, in the 70s, right? So mm-hmm. my Mr. Potato Head was one box with a bunch of parts in it, you know? And I didn't realize, because I was older by then, that they had divided the boxes into male and female boxes. But... It's my belief that the potato is always just inherently genderless, and 
you pick the parts that you want to put on. And honestly, mm-hmm. in my day and age, I was using whatever parts were funniest, you know? And so right. to me, mixing and matching was what to do. I didn't have just female stuff to add or just male stuff to add. And so I never saw that. I don't care. Uh, Mr. Potato was always um, Mr. Potato. It was just the potato head, potato head, you know? Right. And, and and to me, it was one of those things like looking at them like from a business standpoint, oh, great. You know, they're just going to have potato head. They're going to have all the pieces yeah. and and people get to decide what potato head looks like. You know, right. they don't have to have, you know, these two separate production lines of boxes for Mr. Mm-hmm. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head. It can just be yeah. potato head and whatever you put together is whatever you put together. And it doesn't really matter yeah but people lost their fucking mind over it and I it mean, was yeah absolutely insane i'm like from a marketing perspective i think it's great from a production perspective i think it's great you're literally just creating one object one sales yeah. point but they're not they're not adding um genitals in the box you know what i mean like here's your female genitals here's your male genitals here's your female breasts here's your male male packs they're not doing that to the potato it's it's still here's your here's your flashlight add-on because i'm really sorry because you know some people like to do their nails some people like to put on makeup you know and that's a male or a female thing and i just don't Mm -hmm. see where where that's a where that's an issue if i want my potato head to have boy pants but like girl eyebrows you know eyelashes i don't see where that's a thing and so it's it's a thing because there are there are people out there that think that somehow you're training the next group of people to be transgender or whatever crazy fucking idea that they have or you know you just let people play with potato head and you know they do, do what it, most what normal people, you know, you know, they do what every other kid does. They play with it for a while. It gets shoved into a toy box and they don't ever touch it again. Right. But nothing says that you can't put your Barbie doll in G.I. Joe clothes, right? Like people do with what they have, what they want. Mm-hmm. I used to play with my He-Man dolls with my cousin because she, I was stuck at the house for eight eight hours while my mom and aunt played and I would play in the Barbie house with He-Man and Skeletor and Barbie and Ken. And so to me, I don't, I think they're making a fuss out of nothing because Potato Head was always just a potato. <laughs> but that, but that's just, but that's the conservative standpoint right now, right. and and where they're this faux moral conservative thing comes in. They think that there's some sort of destruction of the nuclear family that the left is trying to rain down upon America, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's the acceptance that your version of the nuclear family works for you, right. and you don't need to be shoving that down anybody else's throat. Mm-hmm. People, are, people are people. People are going to, you know, going to go for what they want inherently and it is not your it is not your position to force that upon anybody great you know what if you want your kid to have a quote-unquote mr potato head take all the girl parts out voila Mm -hmm. mr potato head or you want your kid to have nothing but the girl parts for mr potato head take out all the boy parts bam mrs potato head or you can be a realist and be that, you know, sit down and say, great, I don't have to buy two separate toys. I can just buy one. Yes, and I will have information about my child based on what they want and play with and how they do that so that I can better understand my child. Instead of, mm-hmm. oh, I just found out my child is gay at 30. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's... that's what it is. It's determining who people are at an early age so that we can allow them to be who they are. Because some things, and I'm sorry, get phased out. And other things become who we are. And sometimes, after a point, the combination of everything we've been becomes who we are. And so mm-hmm. things that phase out phase back in and become smaller parts of our lives. And we need to give people the room to do that. Yeah, exactly. It, this 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 whole dictation of what your child is or isn't is just essentially the new form of helicopter parenting. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like for example, this whole issue regarding, you know, like like the right is losing their minds over this whole three million kids have fallen behind in the online learning environment. I'm like, question. 
is this three million new kids that have fallen behind in the online environment? You know, because this sounds to me like we're trying to blame online schooling. So let me ask you this. If we're going to blame online schooling, does that mean that homeschooling isn't viable anymore? Because there's a lot of people who are online homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what we're going for here? Are you trying to tell me that it's the internet that's making kids uh, fall behind? Is it not the teachers that are not adapting to the online learning environment? Or is it that, you know, the parents, once again, aren't around checking in on their kids, making sure that they're doing their schoolwork, making sure that they're asking for help when they're getting stuck. And rather than, you know, sit down and say, parents, you're not being involved in your children's education, we're looking to blame some, someone, anyone else other than ourselves. <clears throat> Look, you got to investigate what it is. I, you know, with my kids, <clears throat> I have some teachers that have not adapted well to the online environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had some teachers that, you know, that they've done better. There have been times where my kids have fallen behind. And it's my job as a parent to, you know, catch, make sure that they get caught up. Make sure that they're talking to their teachers, asking questions. Mm-hmm. You now have the chance to meet remotely with your teachers in a way that you haven't had. For, for some kids who have struggled with the notion of going to the front of the class to ask the teacher for help, have found some solace in being able to talk one-on-one with their teacher either through the chats or in person yeah. on, 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 a, on a platform like this where it seems easier to ask for help. Some students have struggled with that. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is, is that if you're not trying to problem solve why your kid is falling behind, that is on you as the parent. Yeah, and there's a lot it's, of it. It's the new, it's the new video games cause violence. Rap music causes violence. Yeah, yeah. You know the, you know we don't have enough dare to do, dare to not do drugs. We don't have, it's it's the next big scare tactic. Yeah. By a group of people who have defined every generation with a new scare tactic. If online learning is what are making kids fall behind, I don't, I don't believe that. I believe it once again, like a bunch of them have said before, it's about parents being involved in their kids' life and education. That's right. And and also working with your teachers, their teachers, to figure out a solution that helps get your child caught up. Every child is different. Every child needs that attention in order to get caught up. Mm-hmm. But in the end, if your child is falling behind, it begs the question <clears> – <throat> Are you as a parent actually involved in your kid's education or are you just looking for a scapegoat? No, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of extenuating factors like Absolutely. that come into the fact that it takes time away from you and your child. But at the baseline, you had a child because you wanted to raise a child. You need to raise the child because you can't expect the government to raise your child. It has to come down to you and your circle. Like your small circle has to has to support you and that's that's some of the conversation you have with relatives and friends over time you know what i mean mm-hmm. you don't you don't just toss your kid over to somebody and pay them 300 dollars an hour and expect it to come back shiny and new it will not right. do that <laughs> right. other people have different agendas you need to raise your kid and that's a tough thing i'm not trying to say like you're you're working three jobs and you're trying to raise three kids but at you know at some point the kid the the family creation process has to have more thought to it and you know? well and and you know and here's the other thing too is is that you you still have to figure out you know if there are other extenuating circumstances that are causing kids to fall behind mm-hmm. i guarantee you that there are issues where there's not enough food in the home of i guarantee course. you there are issues where their their connection to the internet is unreliable yeah. i guarantee you there are issues with probably some domestic issues that you know would horrify most of us right so you know all of you have to investigate all of this in a way and the idea that somehow opening a brick and mortar school is going to fix all of that is not reasonable it is if anything what this should be doing is highlighting what is happening because now you have fewer things to look at. You don't have the same sort of issues of, you know, bullying at the school. Right. What's going on at home? 
you don't have the same issues of children not being able to uh, necessarily uh, have access to their teachers. Because the, the question begs, you know, the question is begged is, did, were they accessing their teachers when they were at school or no? If, they're, if they weren't accessing their, their teachers at school when they needed extra help, and they're not doing it now, it, it's not an issue of, of the online learning environment. It's an issue of the student needing to be educated and shown the path towards what getting help. Okay. You know, it's, it's, there are so many factors involved, but the idea that somehow the, just the, the online learning environment is the sole factor for this change it's it's pretty questionable and it leaves out the entire issue of we're still in the middle of a pandemic you have a bunch of kids that have this existential dread and you have a bunch of teachers that either have or haven't adopt, adapted to the online learning environment in a way that is healthy for students and by what I mean that what I mean by that is is that they haven't taken in the entirety of the circumstances, pandemic, questionable online availability, the the ability to access help when they need it, the other distractions that there are in their daily lives, be it anything from entertaining themselves on the internet mm-hmm. and on video game consoles to whatever family problems or mental health issues may be going on at home. Yeah. I want to I just want to say that I think an educated America, an educated public is the only way that we get out of the solutions that we have because it's the only way to create an America that can make the right decisions. And I I'll make a stand that I don't believe you should charge for education. I think you should charge for furthering an education. I think you if a class is 6 months right? Six months of learning to learn something, then I think the child should have the option of picking the online classes that they want. I don't think we should be saying this is the regimen of things you need to learn. I think we should say, okay, if you want to learn baking, you're going to have to learn the math of it too. If you're going to, if you want to learn to lay concrete, you're going to have to learn the math of that too. I think that we should be letting Letting people make the decisions about what they want to learn so that they are interested in it. You pick a college class, you should be able to pick your child's classes, your the grade school classes, the middle school classes. And mm-hmm. I think we need to create a, create a world where somebody is always going to an online class and learning something new and then deciding mm-hmm. whether they want a four-year education in that, a master's, a bachelor. But I don't think just finding something should you should charge people for that that you have a further interest and expertise in it yes but not the initial get to know it you know oh no no exactly i i I do think that um fundamentally the way that education needs to change in this system is there there are some things that have to change now in terms of like you know grade school up to middle school you're, there are some things that you're just going to have to have standard mm-hmm. reading, writing, sure. you know, language arts, things like that. There, there are some, you know, social studies, sciences. There's some things that cool. you got to do. But the idea that you know, once you get into high school, that you know, there are going to be some kids that, you know, math was never their subject, but you, art was. Or you, you know, math and consumer math. You still need to right. know. Exactly. It's you know, just and what ma- you don't need to learn algebra if you're the guy driving a fork truck. You need to know geometry, you know. Or you know, or if you know you're going to be, if you decide you want to be a chef, great. Yeah. You know, what does food math look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's business. You know, simple business management skills. Yeah. The 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 reality is 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 that you know in you know or great you know some kids have decided that they want to learn concrete or they want to learn excavation they want to learn electrical they want to learn plumbing fantastic you know i had access to some of that when i was in school right because i had agricultural education which meant that you know i got to take classes on concrete welding plumbing granted i lived on a farm and i did a lot of that anyways right and i worked construction for my dad's company i knew a lot of that stuff anyways but 
that was where I could get my specialized education in some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and the reality is, is that we've put a lot of pressure on people to go for these advanced degrees to answer telephone calls and write emails. And that is absolutely absurd. It's mm -hmm. like, you want to, you want to know why the student loan, uh, fiasco that is coming looks the way it does it's because we require a four-year degree to do something that maybe requires six months worth of training that's just it and it i just i just think a person should be well-rounded by the time they get to 18 so they know what they want to do they've spent mm -hmm. i mean they they took those basic yeah we i learned my abcs i did that i didn't take me six months it took me three months i moved on and i moved on and i learned and we let people learn at their pace and learn what they want because the math of a baker to somebody interested in baking will make way more sense than the math of a forklift worker trying to figure out angles will to or the baker. math of somebody who's who's interested in orbital physics. Yes, right. We don't need to teach the basics of orbital physics math to somebody that wants to bake. And we don't need to teach measurements of baking to the orbital you know what I mean? So we exactly. need to let them we need to let them go where they we've we've It's this it's this archaic idea of that all children are somehow going to be, you know, the next Einstein. Yes. And, and that's just not the reality. A doctor, an engineer, where we want our children I think that to go. every child should have the opportunity yes. to become the next Einstein or yes. the next, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Me too. Or, but I, but I don't think that that is what we should be pushing. No. You know, because, because. The We're not pushing at all. To... That's what I'm saying. We don't push at all. We put a set of things in front of them and let them choose. And if one thing isn't for them, then they move on to another thing that they exactly. can excel at. Exactly. You know, and the reality is, is, is that this online education system should be what allows us to yeah. to broaden those horizons, especially not just in large cities, but even in rural America too. Yes. Could you imagine if, you know, if the kid in rural America who has grown up on a farm could actually take classes in orbital physics because they're that advanced. Yes. That's I what would I have wish. Been, I probably would have been that kid that would have done orbital physics. That's what I wish because I would have been something more than I was. I went through the work program and learned an industrial you know area of pipes and forklifts and machines and printing presses that's what i did but you know obviously i i've turned into something different and i wish i had continued an education as i was doing that or had the opportunity to go to youtube and learn coding when it was new you know or just anything when i have an idea right now just randomly being like i wonder if i'd be interested in this I don't want to spend five thousand dollars and go to Phoenix University and then drop out because I realized I didn't, I wasn't good at communications or you know, uh, right, marketing, or you know, or even in those realms where some of those degrees will get you laughed out of the building. Yeah, like I'm like a lot of places that I've worked. You show up with a with, if you show up with no experience in a degree from University of Phoenix, you're getting laughed out of the building. Yeah, well, yeah, but you should. Also... Those degrees were those degrees. The only time anybody accepted those degrees was like if you had 10 years of experience and you had to have a degree in order to move up. <laughs> and that's and yeah. that's that should say something. That that should say something. Yes. But that I think I think edu the education system needs to be revamped and it needs to be more user friendly that way, you know. And, and and that's the other thing too is is that you know, the current system and I've had this conversation with my kids a few times is is that this whole concept and idea that we have to constantly be memorizing something in order to take a test yeah. so that way we forget it because we're memorizing something new in order to take a test mm -hmm. that works for th that works for people like me where i right. can read something remember it and apply it really quickly right and, but even einstein said never never memorize what you can look up right and especially now when you have this you know sitting right in front of us where you literally have so many answers to so many questions that you can search out the answer like what like what we said in in my master's program was is that you know we didn't have all the answers we were just better at googling the questions than most people were yeah. and then taking the answers that were given and manipulating them to fit our needs <laughs> exactly 
I mean, that's just that's just really all there is to it. It's we're not reinventing the wheel by any stretch of the imagination. We just have we just know how to access the answers and ask the questions, so that way we can get closer to the answer that we need. I'm really bad at that, by the way, so I totally get what you're saying. I'm the person that doesn't – I have a paragraph. I'm in, I'm typing in the Google line a paragraph just to get my question, you know? Mm-hmm. So there is people that excel at that, stupid, that stuff, you know? You know, and that's and that's just it is, is that that's, you know, my world is I don't have that answer. Let me ask a couple people. They don't have that answer. Let's turn to Google. Right. I guarantee you somebody's asked this question somewhere. But is there any time when you ask a question that you shouldn't just be asking Google? Like anything – just ruins conversation because you can't ask anybody other than what do you do? Who are you in the basic question? You can't be like, so does the, the moon actually, you know, whatever today? You can't do that. You can't start conversation with – I don't know how to explain that. Well, I lost my train of thought. I don't, I don't ask people as many things because I'm more self-sufficient and just say, hey, Siri or hey, Google, you know? You know, and uh, I mean that's kind of a tough one because I, I think you you run into two problems. Number one is is that you have people that ex- expect either an overly simplistic answer or an overly complex answer. Yeah. And sometimes you know what you're looking for is exactly the opposite. I can't tell you how many times I've been looking for a complex answer only to be told, "No, nah, you just need to do this." Right. And you're like, "There's no way that'll click." Son of a bitch. Yep. Or you're like, oh, well, it should just be this. And then when you realize that there's like four parts that are failing at the same time, you're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we got to go back to the drawing board on this one. Right. You know, and, and that's just the reality of it is you have to you have to have some ability to understand that sometimes the answer isn't as simple as you want. Sometimes the answer is far more complex than you want. But yeah. you have to be willing to learn it and understand it and then adapt it for your needs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the answers are – the answers are the, – the solution is complicated, but the answers and the steps are simple. Usually. Honestly, once you start getting into something, it's just simple steps to get to where you want to go. Usually, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's and, – and, and the weird logic behind it is, is – it's 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 interesting when you start to figure out which person you are. Are you the person that is looking for an overly complex answer when mm. the simple one would suffice, or are yes. you the person that thinks that this should be simple and it's actually pretty complex? You know, I think it comes down to experience. Like, you should mm. you should be happy at failing at something because I think you you try for those complicated answers when you're learning something but you end up with the simple answers and solutions once you know it so i think everybody should just get used to being embarrassed and failing because that means you're trying something new and the more you try it the better you'll get at it and the sooner you can move on to something else and that becomes second nature well and and that's where one of my favorite quotes comes back from teddy roosevelt the best thing you can do is the right thing the next best thing you can do is the wrong thing because at least you'll learn something yeah and the worst thing you can do is nothing. But, I mean, I got my ass kicked when I first got Mortal Kombat. I'm pretty good at it, you know? And then <laughs> I, I just, I could not fucking live in Grand Theft Auto. What the hell is going on? And now I'm pretty good at it. So if there's a learning curve to everything. You, you don't start out, I think America thinks you start out as an expert. Like, people are just told, you'll find your gift. And when you find it, you're just, it's going to be effortless. No, it's a series when when opportunity meets preparation, that's success. You prepare, and you prepare in a bunch of different ways if you don't know what you're going to be successful at. And that's the way to do it. It's called the renaissance man, the man that knows everything, the jack of all trades, you know? And, the, and, and you have to be comfortable with the fact that you're not going to know everything yeah. and, that, you know, and that you're going to end up failing. Like the idea that you know you should feel stupid for failing should mm. only apply if you didn't try anything right exactly you just you just thought that the situation would work itself out yep. and then it didn't because you knew something was going wrong and you chose to do nothing well. and that's really and that's really what it boils down to is is that if you do nothing and it goes wrong and you knew it was going wrong that's on nobody else or if you decide to 
ask somebody else to validate your decision and they tell you the wrong decision, that's not on them either. <laughs> you know, it's your life and you need to take care of your stuff in your way. You can't rely on other people to answer all of your questions for you all the time. And the reality is, is, is that, you know, you have to, you make choices and you, you have to objectively gauge whether or not it's working. We yep. do it all the time in business. Mm-hmm. You, you, you make a choice and you watch, you watch and see how it works. You might've done some testing to kind of give yourself an idea to see what might work better. But once you've fully engaged it, uh, you're constantly looking at it, monitoring, making sure that that decision mm-hmm. works. Yeah. And if that decision suddenly isn't working then it's on you to figure out, number one, is this something you can fix? Number two, do you scrap it? Number three, mm-hmm. you know, are you at the mercy of whatever fates may be? Right. But, I mean, I always think to but myself. Most of, the time it's, most of the time, though, it's you, you really do just look at what's working, what's not working, and you adjust from there. Yeah, that's critical thinking, and I don't think people are taught that. You know what I mean? I think they're just taught to breeze through it and catch what they catch and oh. go through life. But life is learning and work, and I think more people need to just get used to that. Absolutely. You know, learns, you learn something every day. And if my 93-year-old grandfather, you know, was of the mindset that you could learn something new every day, there is really no excuse. Yeah. It might not be, you know, orbital physics, but you can always learn something new every day. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is that, Everything begins and everything ends. So if it's not going the right way, that just means try something else. You know what I mean? That's all. It, not everything is for you. I tried juggling. Guess what? With one eye, that does not work. So I moved on. I tried other things. I watched, mm. Rag- I watched Ragnarok. I get into that. <laughs> right. Or, you know, I, you know, one eye, I played different, seven different instruments. You know, the reality was is that, you know, yeah, I'm not necessarily a grandmaster at any single one of them, mm-hmm. but I enjoy learning all of them. Yeah, because that was an easy path for you. You learned, you failed, you succeeded faster than you gave up. Yep. Yep. So Good for you. <laughs> what else did we need to talk about? I think, I think that's pretty much all I've got for right now. Okay. We didn't touch on Dr. Seuss and... That's okay with me. We touched on the overall thing of it. Um, I didn't really yeah, want to get into. I mean, Doctor Doctor Seuss. Let's just put. Let's just say this. There's a bunch of people out there that want businesses to make their own decisions, and when businesses make their own decisions, then they start scream crying, "No, not like that!" Yeah. The Doctor Seuss Foundation looked at a bunch of books. They're not canceling Doctor Seuss. Dear no. Christ. There were six books that they were like. Uh, the imagery is a little questionable in this, so we're not going to publish it anymore. Well, yeah. Great, cool. That's awesome. You know, more power to them to make decisions on, on things like that. How do we improve costs? Well, let's eliminate, eliminate the lowest sellers. Okay, let's take these six books that are earning under our threshold and get rid of them. Now, when, I looked at the, when I looked at the list of books, out of the six books, there was actually only one that I knew. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't even look at it because I just think it's free market. I also think it makes those editions of those books now more valuable because they've been discontinued. And I also believe that any right-wing extremist could say, hey, well, if you're not going to publish those, can we publish those? So you can always attempt to buy the rights to publish those books. You know what I mean? It's not over. Right. It's just it's just what the company is deciding to do and what another company is not deciding to do. Because it doesn't and matter. <laughs> and and that's the weird reality of this too is is that, you know, if if you know looking at some of the images, I was like, ooh, ugh, <laughs> uh, okay, I can see why they're going to discontinue those. Okay. It's like you know, as a kid, I didn't see anything wrong. Like in the one book, I was like the one that I actually, you know, I was like, I don't remember anything being wrong with that. And then I looked at the image, I was like. Oh, okay. I can see why they're. Not, it's it's not like the cat in the hat got discontinued. Right. My personal favorite was the first of October. I loved that book. Nice. But I, uh... but but you know, okay. So six books that 
had questionable illustrations on them and he's decided and they and the foundation has decided that they're not going to do those six books great you you cannot sit there and advocate for free market and when the and when a company decides what they're not going to do anymore right you know it doesn't live up to what you think free market is i'm sorry that's not how this works it's the same group of people were the ones that were scream crying. It's like businesses should be able to decide who comes into their companies and shops and businesses went, okay, you can come in and shop, but you got to wear a mask. And they all went, no, not like that. Right. right. It's like, I'm sorry. You, you don't get this both ways. You can't sit down and say companies should be able to decide what risks they're willing to take and then get pissed when they decide what risks they're willing to take. That's right. Because that's their decisions, right? New Coke. Right, <laughs> you know, and 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 so it's like, great. If you don't like the decision, you can shop somewhere else, that's or what, you that's can. That's what we need to learn. Yes, it's like great. You don't want to shop at Costco because Costco requires you to wear a face mask. You know what? Screw it. Buy everything online uh, through Amazon or through Walmart. Go shopping at Walmart. They don't seem to care whether or not you wear a mask. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. do you you adjust your shopping? in order to fit your expectations of what you expect. Yes, exactly. And you cannot blame businesses for making the decisions to do yeah. what they're doing. It's like, I'm sorry that you don't think that this is a health crisis, but those companies genuinely can't afford, you know, half to three quarters of their workforce being out at once. Yeah. Because of a preventable disease. Or 70% of the population avoiding their store because 30% of the population is allowed to go in without a mask. Right. It's just basic math. More of us believe in masks than don't. And that's and that's just it, is, is that this isn't a very hard concept to figure out. Right. Unless you're reality, unless you're raised on privilege. Sorry. Right. The reality is is, is that, you know, much like as something that you've probably talked about in the, in the low vision form when it comes to like for example the ADA and it come and the question is about you know accommodations and reasonable uh -huh. accommodations right reasonable accommodations doesn't mean that they have to do what you want them to do it means that they have to take a reasonable effort to accommodate you and there are various factors that can deem those efforts unreasonable right Nobody is saying you can't buy groceries if you can't right. go into the store. Your option is buy groceries somewhere else or buy them online and get yes. curbside pickup. A reasonable you know, accommodation is to create equality, not superiority, though. And exactly. that's what's important. I might get a shopper at the store, but that's because that brings me to the level of a sighted person. So, yes – a reasonable accommodation is I don't want to wear a mask. Then don't wear a mask. Don't come in our store. That's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's saying you can't buy your groceries at right. that store. You just can't. You just can't go through and pick them out. <laughs> you right. you have to have somebody. Well, what if the things that I'm gonna get are too personal? I'm like, it is 2021. If you think that somebody is going to be offended that they're having to pick out your Astroglide and your right. condoms. You need to get with the program. It's the yeah. it's the same group of people that see shame in, you know. I, I can't tell you how many weird looks I get when I go buy pads and tampons as a dude. Uh, well, I, I I got a woman. Have, That's what I think. I got a woman. I have <laughs> three menstruating women in my house. Yeah. Like this is not a thing. I have four sisters. I have so many women in my life that there is no shame in buying these products for the people who need them. There should so be no you, shame in that. Exactly. Exactly. It's a necessity. If, if you're bringing over Astroglide and com condoms, you're going to see... bringing over Astroglide and cum, huh? And well, you, yeah, we're just you, tipping the condoms. You're going to see a smile on my face when you drop it off. You know what I mean? <laughs> Either that or I'm naked with a 20 strapped to my penis and asking you to come in. <laughs> but the, but that's just it, though, is that if you feel shame for buying something, that's not on anybody else but you. And you yeah. need to figure out what the root of that shame is. Because guess what? People have sex. We all know it. Yeah. And it's Pe just you not. Know, people that... menstruate. We know that. 
Yeah, and men care about their women. I I have no problem. I was at the store like taking pictures for my wife of the different ones, you know, because she right. she gave me a picture, but it was of the and I'm like I don't know this one, this one, and I yeah, I'll do that. I have no problem with that. Support your woman, next man up. Doesn't matter what it is. If she needs you to lift a car because she's doing the fucking shopping, lift the car because that's your next job, you know. Right, and 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 that's just it. Is is that. And if you feel any sort of shame for buying something, mm-hmm. figure out what the root of that shame is, because you shouldn't feel shame for buying whatever necessities that you need. Yeah. You know, it's that, you know, whether you think it is private or not, I mean, let's, let's be realistic. If, if you're feeling shame for buying condoms or for buying lube in a public place, mind you, right. The issue at hand then is is your your problems with buying those in a public place guess what you can order them online where it's pretty anonymous kind and of? have it shipped to your more anonymous than you know your face standing there staring at the bottles of astroglide deciding yeah. whether or not you want icy hot or not oh as a blind guy dude i have gotten the worst brands of condoms ever but mm-hmm. you know like shopping online I, I bought this girl a wonderful uh toy and then i when i was on facebook i realized that that toy was now an advertisement in my ads and it was being promoted to some of my friends as well <laughs> like hey your friend likes this you know yep. so there there you got to remember that not everything is always private going to the store and paying for something is actually the most private way because only one person will know that you got that you know, and and even then, you know, what's the you know what is the issue there? Yeah, like, what is the issue? If you need it, get it. Exactly. You know, there is there is nothing wrong with it, and that shame is something that has been bestowed upon you unwillingly, whether or right. not you whether or not you realize that, because everybody's sexual experience is different. Everybody's needs are different, mm-hmm. and the shame that you feel in getting those needs met shouldn't be a thing right well, the product exists because people use it whatever it is right or people or people need it yeah you're not the only one if you were the only one dealing with the problem there wouldn't be a solution to your problem already available exactly yeah. so so the reality is, is is that you know there the reasonable accommodation is out there and if you know, if I could get my shit together to have a grocery list that I pay somebody 15 bucks an hour to wander up and down the aisle of the grocery store to get that all, you know, picked out, bagged for me right? and pay for that. And all I got to do is after work, show up to the grocery store, pop the trunk and they drop everything that I need in. Awesome. That's Great. Nice. Somebody is getting paid to do my shopping for me. So that way, when I come home. I'm spending time with my family, not having to relegate my weekends or my nights to go doing something else. Sure. Like driving to the grocery store, wandering up and down the aisles, looking for things that I need. And then if I need to make any small trips to the grocery store, great. You know, I can handle that. Me too. I like that. I just don't think that I, the person that can't drive and wander the aisles because I can't get there, should be charged a dollar more per product because... I can't do that. That's where the inequality comes in. Mm-hmm. So I think there should be something where you say, that's a reasonable accommodation to me, that a store um, helping a legally blind person or a person that can't leave their apartment, wheelchair bound, you know, that they have a reasonable accommodation of not having to spend like 60 to $80 more on what they buy. I think, and I would agree with you that you're right there as well. I think that, you know, the question of, you know, equality versus equitable is always going to be a huge thing. Mm -hmm. You know, equality says that, you know, all of us pay the same amount to have somebody shop for our our groceries for us and drop them off, you know, at our house or in our vehicle. Equitable would be that, you know, yeah, I've got to pay to have somebody do my shopping for me, but maybe you don't because physically you're not capable of doing it. Right. You know, and then the question is, is how, you know, how do companies, because once again, I think that this is, you know, it's not an issue that the feds need to be diving into because they're going to do a bad job of this like they do with so many other things. No, it's the free market deciding whether we're a viable 
base or not. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you find out which companies are going to be equitable about, you know, ensuring that your needs are met. If one company is willing to, you know, say, hey, yeah, we're totally going to, you know, give you a rate reduction or, yeah, no, we're you're not going to be charged for this or, you know, whatever that might look like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's hard to say. Yeah. And especially as as companies figure out what that efficiency looks like, you know, for all we know, in the next 20 to 25 years, grocery stores could be entirely automated to the point where, you know, you have an app for you that, you know, is for low vision disability. Yep. You pick out everything that you you need. And rather than having a person wander up and down the shelves, you have automated pickers that grab each of those things for you. <laughs> yep. And you just have somebody walk that out to a vehicle for you or you know, you have home delivery, deliver it to you, whatever that looks like. Yeah. I mean, you see that currently, like in the medical industry, where when things get ordered, they have automated pickers that pull things from each of these different uh, bins. So right. that way, those things get delivered to the hospital. Yeah, There's cool. no reason why that couldn't be done, you know, for people with low vision disability or, or everybody. any disability where they can't, you know, functionally move around. Well, so, like... DoorDash offered um, 30% off pickup, right? And I sent them a message, and I was like, that's discrimination. Without offering an equal offer to me for delivery, you're saying that I can't get the same offer. And then a week later, they offered two 15% off deliveries. And I was like, that, exactly, that's it. <laughs> there you go. Quality. And that's and that's just it is is that there there are solutions out there, and you support the companies that find those solutions for you, yes. that are willing to embrace those solutions, and as as companies learn what makes more sense, mm-hmm. the the fact of the matter is is that you know there are some of us that are going to be okay with paying less for our stuff because we get to go manually pick what we want, right. There are some of us that are going to be okay with paying more so that way we don't have to pick because we just don't want to spend the time. Yep. And then there are, there are companies that are going to realize that there is a benefit to picking stuff for people with disabilities so that way they can get that money in their store rather than having that money go to a different store that will do that for them. Well, yes, because if I go into the store, ask for a shopper, give her my list, have her pick my stuff, help me check out, and I leave, I pay $60 less than if I make an online list and Mm -hmm. stay home, right? So that's what I'm saying. It just doesn't make sense. It benefits you. To keep me out of your store, like, and let her work at her pace, or I don't, you know, there's a benefit there. You don't have to charge me more because I'm not there to watch her do it. Right, exactly. You know, and that's, and, and, and as you call those things out, you know, it doesn't hurt to tag multiple companies when you tag that out. Because guess what? If Safeway screws up, but, you know, let's say that Kroger, Mm -hmm. you know, gets called out on it, and they're like, hmm. Okay, let's do let's let's make this change before we get bit in the ass by this. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, your your options are are to be pissed at everybody for not meeting your needs, mm-hmm. or to be pissed at one person or one group for not meeting your needs while educating the rest of them how to meet your needs. Well, and you have to offer them the solution. You can't just exactly. say this is my complaint. You have to say this is my complaint and this is what I'm asking as a resolution. And then it's up to them to say no, but here or yeah, okay, you know. Right. It's like, okay, well, maybe we can't do that, but we can do this. Does that right. meet your needs? Great. You know, and and somebody else might go, okay, we don't like that solution. We'll we'll do one better. Right. And as soon as they figure it out, hey, great. You know what? Fantastic. That's right. That's, or, that's capitalism. It's just I think I don't think we're using capitalism the right way. You know? <laughs> well, that's I think that's the issue is is that we get so used to the whole, well, we just have to take what the company gives us. Yeah, right. Rather than educate the company as to what your needs actually are. I love that. You know, and I'll just leave it on the, 
the Northern toilet paper or Charmin toilet paper. Northern is owned by uh, the Koch brothers, and the Koch brothers donate very heavily to the Republican Party, while Northern donated 70000 to Joe Biden and 30000 to Donald Trump. And I thought, I'm going to buy Charmin, because that's owned by Kimberly Clark, and so... That's what I did, and I made a choice with my wallet, you know, to buy that brand of toilet paper. So I think mm-hmm. we all need to do that. We all need to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and support each other too. You know what I mean? Like, I you have the right to buy whatever toilet paper you want, John. You know. I mean, as long as it's not freaking sandpaper. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> I've 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 had enough sandpaper on my asshole for one lifetime. Yeah, me too. I want to. I, I just wanted to say thank you for giving me last week to get uh, inspirations beyond disabilities up and going. I think it's so cool. We have another episode coming out, and it's a lot of cane talk. And you would think that's weird, but it actually, even if you can see, it's a great conversation to listen to. We talk about shopping because Brittany's a fashionista, and how to do that when you can't see, and creating a fashion style with that. So. It's it's a pretty good episode. I think they're pretty good episodes. Thanks for giving Fantastic. me that week, and I hope your uh, your family and you are doing well. Everybody's good here, you know. We're we're this close to to the vaccine, and and I think we're you know we're all still on alert, but we're we're so close, and we're we're looking forward to life life post vaccine. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, want to say it's not going to be post COVID. No, post vaccine. I want to say though, like I don't want to be the guy that dies in May on May 31st of COVID when everybody gets vaccinated the next, you know, that next day. I want to I want to keep being precautious and taking my safety measures because I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the last COVID death, and you shouldn't either. You know? No, and that's just it. Is is that you know, unfortunately somebody's got to be that, and I just hope that that last death is sooner rather than later. Me too, but I don't think like people in Texas and Florida and Mississippi should be like, let's open up and try and be dead before May 31st. I don't like that, man. Keep If you live in those states, please just stay away from people, wash your hands, sanitize, wear a mask, you know, do what you got to do to survive a month or two more, please. I think, you know, I think that's one of those things where we can talk about, you know, mandates and their failure. Um because there's, there's a really good, I think there's a really good topic to talk about there. But that's for another time. Okay. It's up to you. So. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Jeffrey. Hey, it's always good to be here. You're my hero this week. Woo! I'm, always, <laughs> I'm glad to be somebody's hero. Nice. All right, I'll just do some wrap-up for the live stream, and then, uh, bye, everybody. Catch you later. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. We wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Podcast, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Audible, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history. 
in the making. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.